0: What's going on in your mind? You are, Nathan is sitting um, with his face attached to the microphone, his eyes closed, as if in
1: a kind of maybe
0: meditative or, yeah,
1: state. I'm trying to put what just happened <laughs> together in my mind. Why don't you talk
0: about it? That might help you feel better.
1: <sighs> we had someone come into the studio, an employee, doing a great job. They called a family. The family said, well, let me backtrack. The family, do I even want to talk about this? I'm going to let you
0: answer that for yourself. Ah, I just don't know. Do you like my therapist voice?
1: Yeah, it's really good. I just, we,
0: (laughs) basically we, you, and this employee had a conversation. I was privy to it because I'm in the studio. The conversation was, the funeral home was able to save a family some money and the family member was probably so over the whole thing they didn't want to even have the conversation to begin with, didn't take it as a savings, got frustrated and took it out on the employee and then made threats to publicly assail the funeral home for bad business practices, which actually it was the opposite. It was best practices of transparency and excellence in service exceptional service. So I don't think it's anything to be
1: worried about or upset about. You know the movie Hitch when Kevin James is in the, in the conference room with whatever her name is and they're talking about all of her finances and he's trying to impress her and it's not even relatable and he stands up and goes, you know what, I quit! <laughs> he's like, wait a second. That's what that moment was for yeah. me. Yeah. Maybe you should
0: say that. Maybe you should go out in the hallway right now and yell that so Nathan has removed his headphones he is walking confidently and purposefully out of the studio that's the door and you You heard it was that loud? I I think I think we all heard it there's a
1: family here too do you feel better? (laughs) sorry about that oh the headphones are way back here
0: so do you feel better? Is it okay to we kind of move forward? I I feel better. Okay. Oh. Okay, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a hot mess. You are a
0: hot mess express at the moment. <sighs> Speaking of coming in hot, this is your
1: day. This is my day? I'm I think not, we're two okay. and I think I'm, we're two, and okay. two on that. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just I just screamed really really loud and echoed and It's good.
0: All right, I'm better.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you're better. I feel better.
0: Nathan told me the other day that I had the uh, the male version of Delilah's. You voice. do, you do. I'm afraid do. it's going to cause people to go to sleep while they're driving. But Listening that's what the rumble strips podcast.
1: are made for, Delilah. Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely. She I think she has those patented. Well, welcome to You'll die try. <phone rings>
0: What are you reading right now? Not right now, but I mean, in these days, these new days, post epiphany, early in January, still relatively speaking. What are you? What are you listening to? What are you reading for us this thirty fourth episode of You'll Die Trying?
1: I'm reading the top of my Traveler lid solo cup for my coffee. Yes, so uh, literally right now you're <laughs> literally. What was book reading, are you reading? I'm that one. <laughs> that 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 one that one that one book no if you look across the scaling up book oh yeah i am now like 30 it's a deep deep read okay so it's not something that you just drive through and you're like okay that makes sense if you open it up there's a lot of graphs and scales and and a lot of research and i was on page like 14 2 weeks ago and now i'm on page like 30 32 okay check it out it was given to me by a very successful business person, and they work very closely with very successful business people. It was a very thoughtful gift, and I am reading it. I'm chiseling away at it. In other words, it's it's a difficult read. It is a difficult read, and I want to soak it up. I am reading that. I'm listening to The Sword and the Scale, or Sword and okay, Scale. Okay,
0: that's another podcast.
1: Yeah, Sword and Scale. It is a podcast not for the faint of heart someone like myself who's always been interested in mysteries and and crime uh history or crime stories that have either gone unsolved and or solved there's a lot of really really sad things that have happened in the country Mm. and so this narrator goes about talking about crimes that have been committed throughout the country and actually plays like recordings and dispositions and depositions is it depositions yeah it's not dispositions correct got it it's really interesting. Okay. A lot of really eerie music, and it's not something you want to listen to when your kids are around. It's not something you want to listen to when people who aren't comfortable with that stuff are around. Has cursing in it. Yeah. It's, it, that's a crime
0: narrative, crime drama, you know, the making of a murderer, all that stuff. That That's
1: all very hot these days.
0: I wonder what that's about.
1: People like watching the train wreck. People like... Mm-hmm. Uh, people like that stuff, I think i i my father in law was born in the forties and it was Cowboys and Indians forever yeah, one of the cowboys and Indians up until like the seventies and then it was chips
0: <laughs> I love chips chips was such a good show it was a great show remember punch
1: I don't know then is this the, the name of a person in the yeah, show
0: yeah it was um his last name is Estrada he was the actor
1: George Estrada. Is that it? I don't know. I, I don't just... know, but
0: he was the, he was one of the two primarily, um, primary CHIPS members.
1: John was
0: the name of the other John
1: Cicada and George Estrada?
0: Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think.
1: John Cicada was a pop artist in the 90s.
0: I just think it's interesting that people get all up in those crime shows, and, and uh, I don't know. There's something to that. It's not me, though. I'm not really into it. People have asked me to watch that. That show and I, it's just not my thing. I don't have a real um, dance with
1: the macabre. You like watching shows about dance though? <laughs> don't don't I? You do you're like, man. I'm not really into anything like you know, like masculine or murder mystery. I like more of the dance. Oh, okay, <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> okay. No, I don't want to go there. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. Look up. We right got now a, the demographics. I don't want to
0: gender based on <sighs> crime drama watchers. I know. Let's see. It's
1: literally going to be all women. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is. I'm Googling right now. I'm going to say demographic for crime drama. God, it's going to be so bad. Viewership. It's going to be so bad. Oh, it's
0: V-I-E. That's mean. W. Oh, declining Uh, ratings. Yeah. Who watches crime dramas? There you go. Let's see what happens here.
1: This is not gonna be good. I really feel bad. I shouldn't have said that. Saying that you shouldn't have said that.
0: Totally called me out as being non-masculine because I don't watch crime dramas and I do watch dance. And let me say something about the men who dance. No,
1: I know They are
0: the strongest people out there. Speaking of strong people out there, I want to tell you what I'm reading. Thanks for asking. What are you reading, Dr. Carroll? I'm reading a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It is not a book that I'm recommending. You're not at all recommending? I'm not recommending it, although I enjoy it thoroughly, but it is written by a man who has spent a significant amount of time in the military and, as a result, has picked up a significant chunk of military vocabulary, which is often offensive and unsuitable for uh, certain people, probably including myself but I'm looking past it because the book is so very, very good. David Goggins uh, was born in February of 1975, so we're the same age, and that's embarrassing because what I'm about to tell you. He has become uh, an ultra-marathoner, the kind of person who will run 100 miles, I mean, for like two nights straight, just straight running, Uh, an ultra-long-distance cyclist, triathlete, he at one time held the Guinness World Record for the number of pull-ups in 24 hours. He did over 4000 pull-ups in 17 hours. 4000 plus. How many pull-ups can you not do in for 24 hours? 4000 plus. <laughs> so what happened though was, you know, he was he was reared in Brazil, Indiana which is a primarily Caucasian community and and he's African-American and and he considers himself like he was like the only one, like in italics in the book, I was the only one. Right. And uh, his father was absent. His mom worked a lot. She was, as a result, absent. His stepfather was great, but he died of a murder pretty quick, pretty soon on, which was a a source of deep grief. So he felt very much alone and he he was bullied and, you know, it's kind of a classic uh, American tragedy of a young African-American um, child who became a teen who didn't do well, uh, cheated on everything, failed all of his classes, et cetera, one day got up after having been confronted by his mother about his grades. And she wasn't getting on him about it like she should have, but he ended up getting on himself. So he looks in the mirror in the bathroom, wipes the steam away, and he just he just climbs all over himself. He gets angry at himself. He holds himself accountable for the first time ever He's a teenager in high school, shaves his head, shaves his, you know, whiskers, and basically tried to become a new person. So he ended up not doing very well in school, but he enlisted with the Air Force. After failing several times the Air Force academic exam, he passed it. And he did really well until he ended up having a medical discharge in the middle of some significant training. Then he goes to work for Ecolab. He's literally changing rat traps, mouse traps, and cockroach things all night long while restaurants are closed, fast food restaurants. One night, he's in this fast food restaurant, the name of which he will not share because he doesn't want to be sued. And... He opens a drawer or whatever, and all of a sudden, he sees cockroaches just pouring out of the wall. He starts feeling what feels like raindrops on his neck, and there are cockroaches dropping onto his neck. So he literally, of course, is covered in cockroaches in this fast food restaurant. So he goes outside. He leaves all of his equipment, gets in the truck, goes home, gets a milkshake, grabs a sleeve of Krispy Kreme chocolate-covered donuts, goes to take a shower, and watches this thing on Navy SEALs. Ends up at 300 pounds. Applying to become a Navy SEAL, he's told, "Yeah, you can do it if you do within. You have to do it within six months because of your age, and you have to lose uh, over 100 pounds." And so he has to lose 100 pounds in three months, and he did it. And after failing out of one of the buds trainings, which is the basic underwater demolition SEALs training, he came back for a second term. Ended up being the top of his class and joined uh, U.S. Navy SEALs three, I think, and served in the war and has become a, an unbelievable example of what can happen when you change your mind. That's what I'm reading. Good Lord. Think about the discipline it takes. I know. To go from 300 pounds to 191 pounds in three months and to study for this academic test which he he was just self admittedly terrible at and he had to get a certain score he worked night and day i mean he would be in the gym 6 hours a day he would study 6 hours a day then he had this basic fear of water so he had to kind of cuz obviously seals training it's a lot of underwater stuff and when he describes this training i mean it is
1: ridiculous like have they, you seen those videos? oh the, yeah
0: the, it's it's unbelievable
1: National Geographic has those shows on there, and yeah. they put them in those uh, to simulate like a, a, a plane crash and yeah. stuff, and they tumble. Oh, wild.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, after, you know, you have your first phase of, of SEAL training, and within first phase is Hell Week, and Hell Week is from Sunday to Friday. and Literally, they're basically doing everything they can to break you and kill you mentally, if not physically. And I mean, the descriptions of things that they had to do is unbelievable. For you out there who are in the military, we certainly say thank you to you for your yes. service, special forces people. Thank you for your dedication and commitment. There is nothing like having a mind that can do that. At one point, not a fan of water. He's 15 feet deep. This is at the end of hell week. He has nothing left and they have to do five knots underwater before they can go up and get a, They do one, go up and get a breath, come back down. And at some point, the instructor's like, go down and do three on one breath, or you fail. Literally, you leave. You are out of BUDS training. And you've already been in Hell Week. You're like, you've, you've passed all the hard stuff. And, you know, he, David Goggins ended up doing it. There's a great podcast that he did in February of 2018 on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, awesome. Um, and his, his podcasts are like two hours. So to our listeners, you're welcome. You are. Uh, But two hours plus, uh, and David Goggins is one. Then he did a recent one, I I think, in November, December of last year, too. But listen to that first one. Again, watch the language. There it is. But it's uh, this guy's an incredible inspiration. But what it does is it tells me that you can callous your mind like you can callous your fingers. Playing guitar, lifting weights, you know, how the, the, the kind of the ball of your hand will get calloused with those bars and dumbbells. Your mind like that can become so calloused that you can, in fact, um, basically be
1: and do anything. He's an example of that. The discipline throughout, not just the losing of the weight in six months, not just, well, I think the largest was, of course, competing and completing to become a a Navy SEAL Mm -hmm. at the top of your class. The moment at the restaurant when you have cockroaches pouring on your head, you walk out, go to your car, and you're like, you know what? I quit. I legitimately, (laughs) this is not me. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting myself through this. I quit. Mm -hmm. To be able to do that, because I'm sure some of you listening right now are in a situation where you have just, just immense amount of pressure, and let's just use the analogy of a cockroach is all over you, and you're like, I do not like where I am at. But you haven't done the done the most difficult and it's just starting anew yeah and he did that he did it that's
0: you did it you did it just now when you went out in the in the foyer what (laughs) foyer 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 Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's good. I was thinking voyeur and vestibule and it ended up voyeur and that's not, not a good that's word. That's not
1: at all relatable to this. Another
0: part of your personality we'll talk about later, <laughs> no. but you quit earlier. <laughs> no, you did No, we You shouldn't. walked out nope. and quit Mm-mm. and you said, I'm nope. done. I'm doing something different. So what are you going to do differently now? Right now? Yeah, because you quit earlier like he did.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to... Yeah. What do you need to do to... to probably ca- need to text Bailey. Change your thinking. I need to probably text Bailey right now and tell her that that was just a joke because she probably is wondering what is going on up in the office. What do I need to do to change my my life? Yeah. I mean, you know, you had... In this moment that I have right sure. now? Sure. Okay, so I've done it. Okay. I hate waking up in the middle of the night mm. to take care of the baby. Not because I hate taking care of the baby. Let me be very, very clear. I cannot... I am not one to... Operate properly if I am in a dead sleep and wake up and it's like, okay, here's the bottle. Here's the here's the diapers Here's the baby wipes. Here's this I am one eye in it and miserable Okay, and I don't feel that i'm giving navy the attention that he deserves So what i've done is I have taken the shift the night shift so from 9 p.m until I literally cannot Function anymore and I know I need a few hours of sleep. I'll take that and i'm up when i'm up I mean i'm i'm reading um I'm reading good things, I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm using that time yep. to not only take care of our son, but to better my mind. Yep. And it's working tremendously. Am I tired? Absolutely. But I know that I'm I know that if I'm not on the night shift and I'm woken up during the night shift, I will not be a happy camper. Yeah. So that's what I've got for you, man. That's something I'm doing. That's what about good. you? It's hot. This this little Transformer thing is It's hot. probably because it's about to explode.
0: Uh, what about me? Well, you know, I, th- I think every single day I'm working on something. Like right now, I'm certainly working on getting healthier, working on um, taking better care of, of my person, my body, my mind, uh, certainly focusing on being more positive. You know, you read a book like that. And, and what's great about that book, and he wrote it himself. I mean, it doesn't list a ghostwriter. I guess there could have been, but it's it's really, really well written. His analogies are great. And you get the sense that like, you know, anybody, whether you are uh, a military uh, warrior or you are a salesperson getting re- big ready for the biggest pitch of your life, or you are a small business owner, or you are an educator, whoever you are, there are opportunities for you to change how you think about yourself and to push and challenge yourself to points where you did not think possible. And right when you think you're going to break, you smile at that. And you push harder, and there's this like second wind. You know, scientists have not really been able to determine what to determine what the second wind is, whether it's a, a push of endorphins or adrenaline, or or whether it's uh, two or three other p- potential things. But the second wind is a real thing. And uh, David Goggins tells the story about when they were they were literally it was uh, they were unable to move, and they just wanted to get into the minds of their instructors because their instructors had been getting into their minds. And he has this process that he calls taking souls. And it's where he gets into the mind of his opponent. In this case, it was the instructor. So he got with his team, called a boat crew, and they have to pick up their boat, throw it over their head, slam it down on the ground, and do it again. They have to do that until they're told to stop. And they weren't being told to do it. They were in a break, and they were like, let's do it. So at the end, when they had nothing left to give, that whole team lifted that boat over their heads and screamed something at the instructor, something like you will never beat boat crew 2 slamming on the ground back overhead slamming. And the instructor just had his mouth open. Like who are these guys? That was a boat crew that never lost a race. They never lost the entire training. They won every time. And he was in the lead because he changed his mind. 300 pounds with a milkshake and a sleeve of donuts at 3am after work.
1: And he changed his mind why can't we? We can. I'm going to. I, I, I'm going to right now. Every single day. It's every, a daily every commitment. It's every. a minute-by-minute minute commitment. Yeah. Yep. What is something else you're going to change your mind about? I, I, To add to you, to add to what, to add to what you said, there we go, yeah. I'm there, is being positive. Yeah. We are in a trying time. The world itself is trying. Uh, the professions that we are in are trying and... It would be dumb of us to not try or be consistent with being positive because we'll just be in a rabbit hole of sadness and mm-hmm. mediocrity. Yuck. Yeah, there
0: there, there shouldn't be any room for mediocrity. Mm-mm. We need to push ourselves, yeah. challenge ourselves. You know, we don't have the benefit of having that uh, that person outside of us. There's a great video, and I don't know what movie it's from, but everybody who watches it seems to know, and they don't ever say because they all know. But it's a video of this high school football team, and there's the, the leader of the team. He, he might be, he's probably a lineman. He's a big guy. And basically, the, the team is all, they don't have any confidence in the coach or in each other.
1: Varsity Blues.
0: Uh, maybe. The guy, the team player, the, the high school player, uh, football team player he gets on the in the end zone and the coach tells this other player to come and get on his back and he's going to do like the death crawl which is where you're on your hands and your feet and you're just having to crawl basically like a crab but he's got another player fully suited up on his back and the coach is like you have to go 20 yards and he's blindfolded and the coach is yelling at him 20 yards and he's just, the guy has no idea how far he's going like, I have chills right now just thinking about it and the guy's coach, I can't go any farther. And he's like, you have to get to the 20. Coach, I can't get any farther. I can't. He's like, you have to push. And he keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And the coach now is down on his hands and knees. Then the coach is down on his own belly. And he's yelling at this player, you have it in you. You have to do this. No one can do this for you. And the guy is still on his back. And he's pouring sweat. And you can tell he's like on the verge of breaking. He's like, do not quit. Keep going. Keep going. And he goes and he goes and he goes and he says, take off your blindfold, and he's in the other end zone. That is incredible, and it is not Varsity Blues. A <laughs> <laughs> hundred yards when he was told to go 20, all wow. because he had somebody right beside him saying, you can do it, you must do it. We don't have that. Not all of us do. If you're a coach, take note. If you're an instructor, a teacher, some form of, of, of educator or, or, or encourager, take note. But when we don't have that person in our lives, guess who has to be that person? Ourselves. Absolutely. So I have to do what he did. I have to look at myself in the mirror every day and I have to tell myself what today is going to be, what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do, what I'm going to push myself on and what I'm going to push myself on beyond that. And if I'm not doing those things, I'm missing opportunities.
1: It's funny you said look in the mirror. I'll tell a little on myself. Uh, This morning when I was getting up, I get up before the kids and before Megan and I got out of the shower and I had my routine and I looked at myself in the mirror and I had this sigh and I caught myself because the sigh was almost like, oh, I'm tired. It was just a very, it was a weak moment that I had with myself and I looked in the mirror and I had a mental, I really did. I mentally said, you got this. Mm -hmm. Put my tie on and I came to work. Yep. It's good. You got to do it every day.
0: Every day. Have he calls it the accountability mirror, and he cut David Goggins, that is, and he covers it with post it notes, you know, things inspiring things or, or imperatives to himself, whatever. Everybody has to have that self accountability. And the people who don't are the people who they end up compromised, or they end up maybe being a little bit more cowardly, or they end up weak, not vulnerable, but truly weak. And I know that because I, there are parts of my mind that, that are, are weak. I mean, I'm. Work doing an exercise routine, and I'm I'm, I have this thing prescribed to do, and I get like you know, two minutes in, I'm like, I'm done, I've got to (laughs) quit, I've got 20 minutes left. No, I'll never make it. Like, I know that there are the parts of me that are weak, but I also know that that doesn't have to be the case. You know, we were watching this new show that Dwayne The Rock Johnson has, which by the way, Titan, it's the Titan games. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's really great guy, but uh, from what I see. But this show, there was this one a female contestant and she was told as a child that her heart was sick and she's going to have to be be on medicine her whole life or have surgery or treat her heart like a muscle and work it out. And she chose option three. And uh, I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's on Hulu. Um, but she she is mighty. She treats her heart like a muscle and works it. And I think our brain should be treated the same way.
1: This is a really good thing for us to be talking about. I, I need this for myself. I definitely need this for and myself. And this
0: is certainly accountability because, you know, we're not just
1: talking the two of us. There are other people out there. Yeah, and as you say these things, I'm like gritting my teeth with excitement because yeah. it's, it's so important to be accountable to oneself. And to, maybe if you can, have someone to be accountable. For you, with you. So important. Like workout par- partners, you know, people who are literally like, hey, check yourself. Wonderboy offices, for instance. They were going through this phase. We were of just like joking to the point of it the jokes became almost like like they had like a negative undertone. Like biting. They were biting. And we got together and we we're like, you know what? This isn't happening again. And we don't. Mm-hmm. So this is like there's four guys in the office that are just being accountable, holding each other up, holding mm-hmm. each other up. That's that's the visual I want for this episode to be of just like lifting yourself up. You know, like I hope that I hold you up. I hope, uh, I know you hold me up, but for those of you listening, hold yourself up. Hold mm-hmm. yourself to this high standard and this understanding that you can genuinely, with just a flip of a thought, change it. There's this great story
0: in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where this man is, is uh, unable to walk, and his friends hear that Jesus comes to town. So, Jesus is in this home, because there aren't convention centers, and the place is packed, and people are pouring out all over the streets, all over down the alleyways, just trying to get a glimpse and uh, to be within earshot, because they've heard that this guy is a healer, right? Right. These four people look at their friend who is not able to walk, and they're like, we're taking you. We're going to get you. We're going to put you in an audience with that man, and we're going to get you fixed. They couldn't get there. There's no way. They were literally four men carrying a guy on a cot. And when I say cot, think about like mash, like hauling a guy out of a war zone with two long sticks and a piece of canvas between it, right? At best. There's, they weren't getting there. What'd they do? They climbed up on the roof, which was not made of shingles and wood. It was made of clay and dirt. And they dug out a hole, and the four of them lowered the man down into Jesus' presence. And Jesus said, because of the faith of your friends, take your mat, get up, and walk. That's how important it is to have a community around you and that guy was healed because of his friends.
1: That's awesome.
0: It's a beautiful story. I love that story. So, surround yourself with good people. Have someone who will help you be accountable. And don't be mad at them when they're they're like, "I thought you said you didn't want chips." I mean, I don't judge, but you told me to tell you. Uh yeah, don't get mad at them. They're just doing what you asked them to. I, my wife is my accountability partner. So funny. <laughs> don't need those sh- quit bothering me <laughs> stop judging but you told i don't care what i told you <laughs> so you always have to say no matter what i say from this point forward hold me accountable until i can learn to do it myself because ultimately that's the goal not right. to depend on other people but um yeah i i'm very grateful to have uh my wife who can do that for me and who works out with me and will uh, eat healthily with me and oftentimes will prep that stuff for me when i'm not there. It's just, Incredible! It's a lot easier to do something like that when you have someone else. And these these SEAL uh, trainees find that community in each other because they're not competing against one another. They're competing against themselves. And so they have each other as that accountability. And they learn that's respect. You are amazing just by being here. I respect you for that. Let's figure out how we can put our gifts together and get both of us through this thing.
1: And that's basically
0: life. Find people who can help you use your gifts to get you through this thing.
1: When we send over an episode to Brent, our producer who we talk about and reference a lot in this podcast, I always say to him, this is the best episode. <laughs> this <laughs> is the best episode for me right now in this moment. I love this episode. It is so important for me to hear this. Be accountable to oneself, help others, remain accountable be that partner for someone and be that for yourself and hold yourself up mm-hmm. to a standard and knowing that you can literally literally do anything i appreciate you thank you for sharing that
0: thank you too i am uh, i'm jonathan
1: i'm nathan this is
0: you'll die Trying.